When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Or like, how do you make prioritization more organic and less stringent? You know, I think, I think that's kind yeah. of the the failure of frameworks in a way is that you kind of shoehorn things into the framework. And sometimes people like, Oh, I don't really know what this is. I'm just going to guess I'm just going to do this or that. Whereas I think like true prioritization is a pretty organic process. Like you kind of just go through, you kind of go through, if you're constantly evaluating, if you're constantly looking for data and you're constantly making decisions, we kind of went through something pretty similar recently where we're getting through, we're kind of re we're overhauling everything on our website. And, you know, the first thing was make our, it was like, make a pass at everything we need to, th- that we think needs to be done based on our best guess. Okay, cool. We think that's good. That's going to give the team some direction. Mm. And then we went out and we were saying, okay, now research and insights is going to come back and they're going to tell us some information based on the testing that they've done. Right. And then I, every time we started putting things into AHA or into JIRA, I was like, just be ready to pivot on a moment's notice as data comes in, as information yeah. comes in, right? And every little thing should be taken into consideration. Today, I didn't know what the LOE for that was, but now I do. And I know right. that it's three days and not three weeks. Oh, how does that affect what I, what I do? And, and that's okay. kind of, I think, where the... Yeah, kind of, it says, I, I was skimming through and it said, where... Yeah frameworks fail i think it's that yeah i like that that makes sense how about like i mean if we were to talk tactically like in that scenario you're going through this or or you have gone through this or you've done this in the past too where you know the, the amount of bugs issues problems that are arising with the product gets to a point where and aid the opportunity on the other side gets to a point where you really need to pivot the strategy. You potentially need to pause uh, feature work and rethink the product potentially, right? Like re, like, you know, we talk about the, um, you know, migrating something old to new or kind of like just, just blowing things up and creating something brand new. Like what, how do you, how does that factor into all this? Like, how do you take that time, plan that accurately, do that research, do the insights, and um, build out that roadmap and get the teams on it, right? I think that, that, I mean, that's part of the job, right? I mean, elements of that, but like maybe that specific problem, like how do you recognize that there's an issue, we need to pause, we need to reflect, we need to rethink? It's a good question. I'm going to say it it depends based upon the role that you're in, right? Right. 
Like, and, and that's probably something that we, for anybody listening to this, we'd probably want to say like, okay, at an APM level, like you're an associate product manager, right? You're probably thinking through this on a per feature level, right? We're going through, we're building it. Oh my God, there's a technical barrier that says, if we want to build it just like this, we're going to need to do X, right? And you got to make that game time decision, right? And you're thinking about it probably on a per feature level, right? which I think, you know, that's a skill that we want everybody to do. And then I think the whole point is like, you take that and you start growing it up. Right. And as you get to the level where, you know, director product group product manager, you're doing that, but you're not looking at the individual feature. You're looking at the product as an overall suite. And then you're kind of saying, okay, well, what are some of those details that are coming in that are forcing us to make that change? And how are we constantly evaluating the process? I think, I think for me, it's like, you do have some of those harsh reality checks here and there every time with the product. Oh, we need to do a redesign. Oh, we need to do that. Those are good. Um, I think sometimes those show up because people think of a roadmap just in terms of building features and they don't think about it in terms of like preemptively planning those breaks. Like, right. Yeah. Like that's, that was the thought, right? Like you continue to build um, you know, uh, feature on feature on feature. And then there's like this monster Frankenstein kind of a product. And like, how do you, how do you take a step back and say like, Oh, we built this new concept and it's not like one feature after the other. It's actually this new thing. And like, how do we kind of with that, those learnings along the way of growing that feature set, rethink this whole experience, customer experience that we're delivering and maybe rethink the product and maybe like that's packaging all this functionality into something that's easier to manage rather than all these toggles or like check boxes or um, a la carte upgrades or what have you. Well, it kind of sounds like what we're saying is that a good roadmap isn't just a string of features, but it's really more a balance of, okay, taking time to, I mean, a good roadmap is a balance of a lot of things. It doesn't matter what level you're at. It's a balance of, safe bets and risks, right? Where are you going to take those strategic risks? And sometimes a strategic risk is an overhaul of the platform. Um, what are the true growth opportunities versus maybe just taking on some tech debt to ensure product stability? Right. And then ultimately speaking, what work throughout the course of the year moves you more in a strategic direction versus just a... Um, oh, we added an incremental feature to our, our product, right? Like, what are the things that we're picking up that actually move the needle and move us forward? And the answer is that most yeah. of the time, you probably only spend like 20% of your year doing those things, right? The rest is battling all the rest of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think with like the growth mindset, it's the how fast, how many big bets and how fast you want to grow. Um, or how, what, what's the risk, you know, uh, risk, uh, adversity or level of comfortable, comfortable, I don't know how to say this, <laughs> the amount of risk that you're comfortable with as a company or a product team to, uh, pursue and the amount of reward on the other side of that. Right. Cause like you could really make some decisions, uh, that could hockey stick the growth of the product or just small increments um, that do smaller um, 
growth, you know, smaller percentage of growth, but. What, um, I mean, it sounds like there's kind of a, a key issue that's bringing this up for you. What's the, uh, what's the topic? Well, I think for me, you know, it, we are working at a product at a company that has built this product up over, you know, years. It, it's been around for like six or seven years. I think I bought has been around for a while too. And, you know, over time, it's just feature on feature on feature on feature, right? And yeah. you lose sight of what the original product was. The original product was simple, right? It was just like one thing. It was very straightforward. Um, you know, a consumer can understand it. But as you add that complexity to the product itself, um, especially with like a new, maybe like a new industry or like a new product, uh, um, type of product that no one has done before in this variation, um, I think it's important, you know, what I'm realizing is there's, there's more issues and bugs maintaining that, um, yeah. experience than there are, you know, feature and story work, um, day to day just to maintain. So there's a lot, there's a quality question of like, we made a lot of decisions to acquire customers, which is not a bad thing. It's like, that's what we, you know, that was the stage of that company. And so now that we've established the product market fit, how do you then take that to the next level and just 10 X those, you know, uh, the customer um, acquisition piece of this, right? Like, how do you, how do you, um, and, and I think that's where I'm, I'm balancing now is like, how do I step back, take a look holistically of the things that we have built over time and potentially bring out common themes that could be repackaged or reproductized in a different way. And so like, I, again, think of like, what's a good example of this? Like, uh, um, I always use, I like to use the Google hangouts and zoom, you know, yeah. kind of comparison of the, just the simplicity of zoom initially, how, how simple that was to click a link and hop on a call and get right to that satisfactory moment versus Google Hangouts with all of the features and, you know, the steps through on the onboarding process um, to finally get to, you know, that satisfactory moment. Um, so, so trying to take that complexity, rethink of like, what's that aha moment? What are the, what are people using our product the most? How are they successful? Let's reposition, repackage what we built today to service that need simply and make that really easy and delightful to use and, you know, reliable too. Cause I think that with the bug issue of just like, you know, um, we can't continue like 60% of our tickets being bugs and issues that we have to resolve. Right. Um, so I'm trying to balance yeah. all of that and like how strategically, how do you step back and kind of think about rebuilding this the right way from the ground up? Well, I guess that's kind of the, I feel like everybody kind of goes through that part and it, it, there's a, a point at which it's like kind of like knowing when to sunset products, I think is part of, part of it and part of right. the, the argument. And one of the things that most people I don't think really learn, but they kind of say like, okay, we're through rev 1.1, And it's like, at some point we need to start thinking about how we go from one to two. And you can only ever make these incremental improvements and eventually it slows you down. But I think that's part of any product, right? The, the longer the products in the, the market. learning process, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah. The longer the products in the market, the more complex the code base, the more complex yeah. anything becomes. Um, overall, I think there's, I think there's a part where I would say for, at least for listeners, right? Like 
balance isn't just happening on a squad level. It needs to be at an organizational level and it needs to be done with everybody involved. I think that's one of the lessons I've been learning recently is, you know, uh, product can have all the best ideas in the world on how to make the product better. We can have all the best ideas on exactly what is going to create product market fit. We could know exactly how to build them, et cetera. But the thing is, um, you know, ideally this is incurring in a balance where engineering is kind of coming back to us and saying, Hey, here's how we should build that better. Here's when we should be able to take some space and product being kind of like, okay, cool. Well, we're going to put that on the roadmap and we're going to make sure that there is space and we're going to give priority to that piece. But I think it's really kind of like, at least for us, I was kind of realizing it's, it's a balance of everything, including not just how product does it, but how does engineering do it? How does engineering feel comfortable enough to come and say, hey, we need to do X and I'm sorry, but it's, we're going to have to put off feature work for it. And then at the same time, you know, I think from our, our side as well, even at Ibotta, right? Working with product marketing. Okay, maybe we're going to dial it back. and We're not going to do this campaign right now. I know it's going to be a little bit of a bummer, or maybe it's going to look a little different. Those are okay. Um, but ultimately speaking, I think, a, as we kind of mentioned, the good roadmap is a blend of a lot of things. And I think the how to sort through them, that's kind of, honestly, that's probably what makes the difference between an associate and a senior level PM. The people who can do that more organically, who can look at it a little bit bigger, that's a skill that's acquired over many, many years. And many yeah. of us will still be working on that skill for the next two decades. <laughs> yeah. And that I think that's maybe some of the frustrating piece of like trying to uh, become a better PM of like, there's no framework to learn. There's no, there's no, uh, it, it's intuition, right? It's gut. It's like, um, you've gone through it enough. You've experienced it enough and you know, when to invest, um, uh, learning or rebuilding or, you know, that time, um, you know, be, because you've learned, you know, that's a learned behavior versus, uh, something that is like codified in a, a framework, but, um, is right, there anything like, that, like, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say kind of to your point there, right? Like a framework's a tool to help you make the right decision. But at the end of the day, you still got to make a call either way. It's like, um, we kind of say this with interviewing too, right? Somebody can go through an entire interview process and they can go, you know what? They did a great presentation. You know what? They kind of did pretty good on this thing. By and large across the board, they seem like pretty solid candidate. But at the end of the day, the hiring manager makes the decision and based on intuition, you know, goes, I think this person's going to be the right fit or the wrong fit for the team. The reality is you might get it wrong. That person might've been a great fit for the team, but the thing is that's really, and I think that's what, you know, we're saying for product too, is like, you can use the frameworks to help you tee up the decision-making, maybe help you back up how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still your call. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It, it, I wonder when you were saying that, like, do frameworks even help? <laughs> oh, well, you know, right? I like, don't is think it, so, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like they're just, um, tools to, um, you know, uh, practice thinking through or, you know, exercise that muscle a little bit of looking for feasibility, viability, all that stuff. Right. And like, 
then it becomes intuition and you know but i think i i wonder like visually so when we represent the roadmap in aha and a gantt chart and some on something right like of you know pms are essentially responsible for maintaining that priority and 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 um view what how do we represent you know that learning discovery process alongside of the features and investments we're making maybe it's maybe it's just kind of one in the same i think you know everybody says yeah a pm is it's like you kind of said right pm is responsible for maintaining your roadmap maintaining strategic vision etc but i wouldn't consider that static it's not like i've maintained the roadmap and now i am done time to go get a coffee or a beer maybe both mm-hmm. um but it's more like i've done it well enough based on what i know today and i'm going to keep editing this day after day after day after day with what i know and that way it's just a continual practice rather than i've done it once and i'm done right, right. like right. you probably make edits to your roadmap what at least once a week yeah yeah there you go <laughs> yeah yeah i think um yeah it's interesting about thinking strategy versus that tactical roadmap and how those blend together and how that operates but i think the buffer and the time frame and communicating the implementation is one thing versus communicating the rest <laughs> discovery the design mocks the testing and then the, you know and then the development piece but also the marketing piece also the you know training pieces the adoption pieces the iteration pieces like i think it it can be challenging for a pm coming up to um almost like uh overcommit under deliver with the just thinking about implementation on a gantt chart versus mm-hmm. not accounting for those other steps of the process and so we always talk about buffer but i think like thinking about do we represent that a different way or do we just give buffer to that line item on the roadmap um it, well, i'm curious i don't know yeah it's that's been one of the struggles right that's like quarterly planning 101 yeah. right mm-hmm. it's like uh and i think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head and it's like where i've seen teams do really well at quarterly planning and where i've seen teams do really poorly at quarterly planning where i've seen them do really well and this is a a tactic that i take it's like pick the three or so most important things that are going to do the biggest value driving for the quarter and talk about those first, right? If we did, and I kind of always say it like this way, if we only accomplished three things this quarter, it would be X, Y, and Z. And you want to have almost without a doubt, the, the belief that you truly are going to accomplish those things. Like talk with engineering, you know, your LOEs and you're you're 100% certain that even if the forest goes up in blaze, you're still going to accomplish those three things. And that's, you know, that's the way that I kind of approach it first is like, what, you know, how do we do that? And then let's communicate that out. And if somebody goes, well, hey, but that doesn't seem like enough. Go, okay, well, what else would you like to see us do in this quarter? You know, because we need to leave time for testing. We need to leave time for what if right. X breaks. We talk we, about the yeah. yeah. We need to leave time for 
initiatives that have not shown up yet that we know will show up? Or what if marketing makes a request of us for this? So I always, that's the way that I've been starting to teach my direct reports as we go to quarterly planning is if I did three things, here's what those three things would be. Here's the outcome that it would produce. And let's build our OKRs on that. And then if we do more, you know, and that includes, you know, hey, we balance the tech debt. Hey, we, and then if we do more, that's a huge win. Right, right, right. You know, but yeah, I think that's it. how, yeah. I think that's how you, yeah, then you crush it, right? And yeah. you always want to set the, set the team up to crush it. Don't set the team up to fail. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think um, I th- with the the roadmap piece of that, um, I think it takes a that's experience that you could learn in your product career, and it's almost like a, pro- a, a sign of career maturity if you can if you notice the um, or can be able to push back or at least explain the need to invest in learning and testing and all that thing, right? So like. I feel like from a leadership perspective, a lot of leaders might not, they, they don't think that might be important or they are only like focused on the execution piece of it and don't understand the ins and outs or the, the additional um, ancillary work that product has to do in order for this to be successful or these ideas and concepts to be successful. So being able to notice the, the capacity, what's feasible in that time frame, and then also plan, you know, uh, reiterate the importance of that learning and um, um, testing and validation and all that, those steps that we require um, for a successful product launch, be able to push back or be able to communicate effectively that, no, we need that time. Yeah. We need that right. time to invest in these pieces. Right. I and mean, I think that's also like, you know, managing stakeholder expectations too. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, I think, you know, um, it's kind of like you're showing off the bit, you know, here's what, here's what they care about. Here's a little bit what we care about. And we're going to build this, you know, this roadmap in that balance of the executing the tactical things that are going to drive the value that we need today, the preemptive planning for the value tomorrow, the strategic planning for the value in the future. And, you know, I think it's just, as you kind of said, right, it's finding that balance and I think that's kind of one of the things, right? There never really is a good balance. Like, it's not like you can say 33%, 33%, 33%, right? You know, I think that's... The right I balance think, for the right team at the right time. And yeah. yeah, and you're still probably going to get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can plan and you can plan and then... Uh, never things never go to plan. I don't know what the quote about the best laid plans is, but it's, you know, we know that one and we know that they, it says, Oh yeah, the best laid plans like always fail anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, well, great. Like if we were to give our listeners one bit of homework to go think about, or um, actually tactically do, what would that be? I think just reevaluate, right. Get into the practice of doing that. Um, do it on like a weekly basis. I, I set aside a personal time every week and I say this, it's my research and review block. I have it every Wednesday from like eight to like 11. It's like three hours of time where I just sit back, look at my roadmap, think about things that need to be done. And Love that. yeah, just like 
that's the time to like to think to do it. And if you get yourself in that habit of constantly reevaluating and then communicating when things change, it should be go pretty well. Yeah, I love that. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, it, it's hard to give homework for practice and experience, but, um, you know, don't Pract- get, too get go down. get practice and experience. There you go. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's the assignment. <laughs> um, don't get too bogged down in the, in the frameworks. I think they're tools to, um, help you understand how to critically think about these decisions, but don't, don't lean on them on hundred percent, right? Like use that as a guiding print, maybe like a, a guiding principle for learning, but not the, uh, the end all say all for, for these roadmap decisions. Um, and then factor in time for planning and testing. Don't ignore those things. And with your communication with stakeholders, with your communication with dev, like reiterate the importance of those and, um, don't lose track or lose sight of that because you'll get overwhelmed quickly, I think. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you guys for spending your uh, Monday listening to us. Um, uh, it looks like we finished up our coffee. Um, go rate, review, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Leave us a comment. Ask us a question on LinkedIn um, or on Instagram, uh, what have you, and uh, go level up. Oh,